Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen and amen. I'm so thankful that you are here today worshiping with us. And if it is your first time here today, or maybe you've been here a while but never taken a moment to fill out a Connect card, we would love to connect with you. Be sure you take a moment. If you didn't get a Connect card on the way in, be sure you get one on the way out. We have uh, someone will be at uh, the desk out there waiting for you. Be sure you fill it out. We just have a little gift for you just for being with us today, just to say hello and thank you. So be sure you take a moment, fill that out right after service. We would love to meet you in the lobby as you leave today. I have just a few announcements for us this morning. I want you to uh, make some note of, remember that next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and it will be a little different around here next Sunday as we try to accommodate everyone uh, that wants to get in the building. We We will have three services next week in 845, 1015, and 1145 just so you can plan. These services will be about an hour long so we can get people in and out and turn over our parking lot and get children's ministry ready for the next group of kids. Uh, And we would love for you to be here. Uh, Our second service is already full. It's maxed out. We're asking everyone to go online, go onto your app somehow, uh, however it is you want to do it, go onto social media and reserve your seats. And we're doing that simply because we don't want everyone to come to the same service and then we're turning hundreds of people away. Right now, uh, we have, uh, I believe, a little over 500 people that have already registered. Uh, So we're expecting some of our other services to probably fill up this very week. Second service is full. Uh, Third service is almost full. First service, we still have some room in. So go online. Don't wait. Uh, Tell your friends, tell your family to go online and do that as soon as possible. Also, this coming Friday is Good Friday. It's the Friday where we stop and reflect on the cross and the crucifixion. We're going to have a special service right here at 7 o'clock this coming Friday. It will be about an hour long. It'll be a time of communion and time just to reflect on the crucifixion and the cross. And we would love for you to be here. That service, I believe, only has about five more seats left. You can go online and get on, um, get in that service. We'd love to have you here. Do us a favor. If you would grab a, grab a couple of invite cards on the way out, uh, go online, share the video to invite people. Help us spread the word about what is happening here uh, this coming Sunday. Also, on May the 8th, which is... Mother's Day. I thought no better day to celebrate mothers and to have baby dedication. I believe we already have six babies uh, that are, are registered for baby dedication on Mother's Day. If you have a baby or small child that you like to get dedicate to the Lord, it's a biblical principle when the Lord blesses us with something like special as a child, we turn around and say, Lord, it's yours. Have your way with his or her life. We want to do that uh, on Mother's Day, May the 8th during our 11 o'clock service. You can go online. You can go to our apps, all those things, and register and let us know that you are interested. On May the 14th, we're having Legacy Track. If you're interested in being part of the church, you want to know, you want to serve, you want to be part of what God is doing, that uh, class is for you, Legacy Track, on May the 14th. You can go online, register for that also. And graduate recognition on May the 15th, we're recognizing all of our seniors. Those are graduating from high school and college. We want to celebrate this milestone with you. You can go online, answer a few questions, and let us know uh, that you are that you are graduating, and we want to celebrate that special day with you. So be sure that you do that. Who's ready for the word today? That was pretty weak. I said, who's ready for the word today? Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. You can open up right there. 
be going there in just a moment. Today is the end of our 100 Days to Glory. I want to say thank you to those who have been reading the Word with us for 100 days. You've been praying. You've been fasting. You've been pressing in. You've been giving for these 100 days. We have been seeing a harvest this year uh, already. Uh, I guess this is 100 days into the year. Uh, we have seen 81 souls saved. 81 souls saved. And I believe it's because of, because of your prayers and your fasting and your giving, it brings through the harvest. And when your faithfulness collides with the faithfulness of God, there's a harvest that's on the other side. So I want to say thank you for those who've been praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop, uh, don't stop serving. But let's, let's keep this going. I believe this has set us up for what God wants to do over this next period. Matthew chapter 21, I'll be going there in just one moment, verse 1. Uh, th today is Palm Sunday as our kids, didn't our kids do a wonderful job this morning? Um, it's always fun to watch kids. I know it's, it's, uh, it is somewhat uh, scary when your child is on stage. I looked at some of your faces and you're just like, don't embarrass me today. Don't, don't be that kid. Leave your, leave your, leave your shirt down. Don't, no, don't do those things. Uh, but it's always fun when kids are on the stage. It's always a good memory. And uh, it's getting them ready for what God is preparing them for in the church. Amen? Uh, so it's always fun. But today is Palm Sunday. It is, uh, it is a day when we stop and reflect on when Jesus Christ came riding into the city the last week of his life, and he was declared Hosanna. And this week is, uh, is without a doubt the greatest week in, in, in history that we stop to reflect on. This week that we are entering in, it literally changed everything in the universe. Whenever Jesus was on the cross and said it was finished and the thunder clapped and, and the veil was ripped from top to bottom, it changed the universe, and it is such an important week that we are still feeling the impacts of it today. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, I want to read somewhat of the, the uh, Palm Sunday story for us and get us set up for this week and just share some lessons that are in this, these last stages of Christ's life. It said, Matthew 21, verse 1, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey that is tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. They others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on to the road. And then the multitudes went bef went before, and those who followed cried out, saying, "Hosanna 
to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Lord, we thank you today. I pray that these next few moments, Lord, that you remove any distraction that may be going on in our mind, in our life. And I pray that this word takes root in the soul of someone who's hungry, of someone who needs this word today, O oh Lord. And we do this all in your honor. It's for your glory and for your fame. It's in your name we pray. The church said amen. amen. As we get into this resurrection week, uh, as I said, I want us to take a moment and look at this one of these last stories of, of, of Christ's life and what it taught us. Palm Sunday today represents the beginning of what some call Holy Week or Passion Week. And, and they consider it this day, uh, this day as somewhat the countdown to when Calvary began. But if you know anything about history, you know that truly the countdown to Calvary began in the book of Genesis when the fall of man occurred and they fell into sin and immediately a redemption plan was needed to bring them back to the Lord. So from the very beginning of time, everyone has been looking to the cross and now that it has come to pass, now everyone is looking back and reflecting on the cross that they still need. Amen. From the beginning of time, even to now, it is about the cross. Can I get an amen this morning? It is about the cross. Jesus is the only way into heaven. Jesus is the way to the Father. There's no other name by which you may be saved except by his name. Amen. There are a lot of people telling you different things, but the word says, and the truth is, that Jesus is the only Way And this Palm Sunday reflects that when he came riding into town. And as we look at this story today in this text, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he tells them to go get a donkey. Uh, he said, tell the people that the Lord has need of this donkey. It is such an interesting sentence that the Lord has need, that the Lord does, that the Lord has a need. How does the Lord, the creator of the universe, the one that spoke light into darkness, the one that spoke all the galaxies, the one that formed uh, us in our mother's womb, the, the one that I spoke about last week, how big he is, how does he have a need? Why can't he just create it? I mean, Psalm 24 says that, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything, the earth is the Lord's. It belongs to him. And, and he, he, does, he does some crazy things because he will place things in our hands. He will give us jobs. He will bless us. He will, he will, uh, he will give us property. He will give us goods and resources. And he does that to see how we will react, to see if we will extend it or if we will withhold it. See, because when God blesses you, uh, when God blesses people, he's not only blessing people, but he is blessing them and providing 
providing for them so he can provide for his own work. Amen. When God gives us, he is wanting us to return it and give it back to him. Jesus said, I need a donkey. I need a donkey. If you know anything about a donkey, uh, the, the stereotypical donkey, they are this common animal. Uh, they're known for being hard-headed. They're known for being stubborn. This common donkey. The Lord said he's common, but I need him. The Lord said he's stubborn, but I want him. He's he's hard-headed, but I, I, I have a plan for him. I have a job for him. He always wants to do his own thing on his own time. Does this sound like anybody in the house today? Can anybody relate? You've got a donkey spirit on you. It's just, you, you, you're hard-headed. You, you, you just, I want it my way, and I'm not going any way in my time, I, I, I got to have it. This hard-headed, stubborn thing was about to fulfill a prophecy. I said this common, stubborn, hard-headed thing that nobody really even looked at as, as special was about to fulfill a prophecy. And if, 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 there is a, if there's ever a difficult season in your life, I would encourage you, be careful before you start cursing it because it may be bringing you to a place that is fulfilling the word of God in your life. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean that God can't use it. Amen. Just because it's hard-headed and uncommon doesn't mean that God cannot use it. Isn't it amazing that the Lord needs us? He, he doesn't need us just so he can become God, but he needs us because he wants us, he wants to use us to fulfill his plans. And it's such great news that God is still using donkeys. Amen. That God is still using the hard-headed. The Lord still uses the stubborn. The Lord still uses the people that want to do their own thing on their own time. The Lord still uses the donkey. How many times have we felt unqualified? How many times have we felt like we did not stack up to the competition? Like we didn't stack up to our neighbor? We, we felt we were just like, Lord, use somebody else, Lord. Lord, Lord, use the thoroughbred because I'm just a common old donkey. But here Jesus was showing the world. This is a lesson for the world. He said, I will use people that aren't, that, 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 that they're not all there yet. I will use people that do not have it all together. I will use the unlikely. I will use the common. I will use those that feel like they don't fit in. I will use those that others have rejected. And the word said that, that this thing that he wanted was tied. Tied up. Have you ever wanted something and felt like it was tied up? I can't get it. It's like when you're praying, it feels like your prayers can't get through the ceiling. Anybody ever been there? When you're praying, it's like, when is it going to happen? It feels like it's tied up. Well, let me tell you today, so many times you've stopped fighting and you've stopped praying and you've stopped believing because the thing you wanted just felt like it was tied up. It felt bound. It felt unreachable. It felt like you would never be able to accomplish it. It felt like you couldn't grasp it. You couldn't see it any longer. It felt like you just can't get there. And to be honest it just felt like the devil had tied it all up well I want to tell you today Jesus is still looking for those people who are tied up amen he's in need of some people 
that are tied up. He is looking for people who are tied up in this thing of life. Why? Because that is why he is here today. Jesus is here today to what? To set the captive free, to set those that are bound, to set those that have been tied up. That is why he is here. And the Lord is still looking for those who are tied up. Get this. There is an answer to your prayer right now that is tied up. You've been praying and there is an answer that is tied up. Somehow you're like, I don't, I can, I'm believing it, but I have not seen it and it feels tied up. I told first service that I believe that there is something Yes, amen. I'll take it. There is something that has legacy's name on it right now that is tied up. Over these 100 days, I felt just something that has legacy's name on it that is tied up. It is something that is tied up and I, we've been praying and we've been sowing into it and it is tied up. Whenever something is tied up, it is a reference that, that, that means that it will not be easy. It is a reference that, that, that means it might take some time to get it untied. It, it is a reference to, this is a lesson, that it may be a thing called a process before you see it revealed. If it's tied up, sometimes it also means that someone else has already tried to untie it. But now there's a knot in it, and they try to untie it. And, but they, somewhere along the process, they quit because it got too difficult. There are prayers and there are visions that are left to be answered and seen that some people have quit on. But there are some things that I believe that God has put Legacy Church's name on for this very hour. And now there is this knot in this thing because some people in our city, some people in our nation, some people in your home may have quit. And now that thing feels like it can never come loose. But let me tell you, if it's got your name on it, it is yours. It is, and there is something I'm believing that has our name on it. I don't know if it's a building that somebody else is in right now, but it belongs to Legacy. I don't know if it's a piece of property somewhere but it belongs to legacy I don't know what it is but I feel it in my spirit it is something that we are in need of it is something that we've been praying for it is something that we've been fasting and reading and sowing into for these 100 days but it has our name on it and because it has our name on it we will not be like the others that quit just trying to untie it. No, but the word says, if we loose it here on earth, it shall be loosed in the heavens. And I declare that that very thing that has our name on it shall be delivered to our very doorstep untied with no strings attached. It's his promise. It, 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 it belongs to us. And he looked at that thing and said, it is tied up, but that is what I need. And while Jesus is coming into the town through the gate on a donkey, Pilate is over here. Pilate is, 
is, is, is like the enemy in this story. And Pilate, Jesus is coming in on a donkey. He's fulfilling the word. And here comes Pilate coming in through another gate on the opposite side of town on a white horse. Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. It says that the king would come in riding a donkey. But pastor, I thought in the book of Revelation it said that Jesus is coming riding in on a white horse. And that is true. And this is another lesson in these last stages of Christ's life that the church needs to understand. And the lesson is that everything that comes riding into the city isn't for you. Every fad is not from the kingdom. There are some movements in the church world that are not of the kingdom. There are some political agendas that will come riding through the gate, but it's not of the kingdom. There are political agendas on both sides of the aisle that are not of the kingdom. But if you get your eyes caught up on the white horse, you will miss what God is trying to do. And here he is. He's riding on a white horse. And you've got to understand that everything that comes riding into the city is not for you. I mean, uh, but you're like, you're like but, but it looks so good. It looks so good. You don't understand, Pastor. He was everything I prayed for. Knight in shining armor. Give him some time. You don't understand, Pastor. She was so hot. She was so good looking. Give her some time. And you'll realize that she's not the Lord. She can't do everything for you. And in this hour that we are living in, we are looking for a man or a woman to do things for us that only God can do. And now we're confused. As a nation, we're confused. And we're so caught up on the white horse that you've got to understand that everything that comes riding through the gate is not for you. Every fad in the church is not of the kingdom. Every church movement is not from the kingdom. It may look good on that white horse, but the worst is you've got to learn to test the spirits. In 1 John 4 and 1, it said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are good because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Listen, church, if we, you learn this from this, from this lesson today, you've got to stop chasing movements and start chasing the Lord. You've got to stop chasing personalities and start chasing the Lord. Pilate is coming in and he's reflecting an earthly kingdom. But here comes Jesus riding a lowly donkey. You need to understand that this story is not just about a donkey. But this story and this lesson that you need to learn today, it was about the passenger. It wasn't about the one, it wasn't about so much what was carrying it. It was what that, it was what that thing was carrying and people can underestimate you all day long. They can think that you are just a common 
donkey. They can underestimate you. They can label you as a nobody all day long. The religious folk can talk about you and gossip about, gossip about you. And why would Jesus use him? He is stubborn. He is hard-headed. Why would Jesus use her? Do you know how many times she's been married? Do you know how many kids she's got by, by how many different men? And so often we... You, People can label you and get caught up in all of that stuff. The religious folk can talk about you. But that's when you need to look at the religious folk and say to the religious folk, I know I'm not perfect, but this story is not about me. I know I'm not you, but guess what? My story is not about Chase Holsenbach, but my story is about who I am carrying with me. I may look like a donkey, but my story is not about this donkey. My story is about the passenger that I I am carrying. I may look like a common person to the world, but you've got to understand I am carrying the King of Kings with me. I am carrying the Lord of Lords on me. And this story wasn't about a donkey. It was about the one he was carrying. And your story is not about you. It's about who you are carrying with you in life. I don't know, but I feel as soon as Jesus got on that common Little donkey. Something came over that donkey and it realized it was carrying a king. The word said it was a young colt. It was referencing its youth because it was making a statement that no one had really ever been on its back before. Have you ever tried to get on a horse that no one has ever ridden. If you haven't, whenever you do, give me a call. I want to come watch. <laughs> and I'm going to have my camera. Because if you've never tried to break a horse, whenever you get on that animal, and it's young and it's wild, it will kick, it will buck, it will knock you off. And here was this wild animal that Jesus came and sat on. And I believe it's a lesson for the church that you need to let the Lord sit on the wild situations of your life. Let the Lord rest on your wild children. Let the Lord rest on your wild, crazy marriage. Let the Lord sit and rest and dwell in your home. Nothing is too wild for the Lord. And he sat on this young colt that had not been broken yet, that not, they had not been trained for someone to ride yet. No one had been on it, but I believe it felt the weight. It felt the glory came over this young, wild colt, and it realized in the moment that it was carrying El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. I believe it felt the weight of Elohim, the God of all power and might. I believe as Jesus sat down on that 
wild thing. It felt Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my victory. I believe it felt Jehovah Shalom. I believe a peace came over that wild thing. I believe it felt El Roy, the Lord who sees me. Everybody thought I was just a donkey, but El Roy, the Lord has seen me, and he has chosen me to carry the gospel. He has chosen me to be a prophetic voice in a time of, the, of, 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 of need. I think he realized in that moment that he was carrying a prophecy. I believe he felt something. I believe he realized that he was literally carrying the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden, that donkey felt like a Clydesdale prancing into the city. Why? Because his story was no longer about himself, but it was about the one he was carrying. And if you can turn your story around this very week, and it's not so much about you, but it is about who you are carrying. That is why a lot of people in the church get stuck in seasons. How can people in the church get stuck in negative seasons? Well, there's a lot of reasons. One is God may just want you there because he's trying to break you and get through your hard donkey head. There's a lot of reasons, but a lot of the times it's because it's all about you. I'll see you next week. Because <laughs> it's all about you, and, 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 and you're not making it about the Lord. But this resurrection season, if you can turn the focus of your story off of you and get it on the one that you are carrying with you, I feel like something is about to shift. You want to cause a shift in a church? Get the focus off of the pastor. Get the focus off of the worship. Get the focus off of the leaders and just put the focus on the Lord and things begin to shift. Man, help me out. Pilate is coming into the city also on a white horse. The trumpets are sounding. His entry is far more grand than Jesus has ever thought about. He was coming into the town to let everyone know who the real one is in charge. He had already heard about this Jesus. He had already caught wind of the miracles of this Jesus. He had been told about the large following of this Jesus. And Pilate was simply coming in this week to distract what Jesus was doing. Let me encourage you this resurrection season. Don't let a pilot ride into your week. I don't care what type of horse they have. I don't care how much money they have. Don't let a pilot get in this week. Because Satan hates it. When churches get together and remember a moment such as the death, burial, and resurrection. And he will do anything he can to hinder you from this week. Taking a moment on Friday throughout the week and reading the story. Watching the last minutes of his life as he was hanging on the cross as he was beaten and bruised and the crown of thorns on his brow. He'll do anything he can to keep you from remembering 
the goodness of God. Will you stand with me this morning? Jesus comes riding into the town and there were shouts, Hosanna. Hosanna in the Old Testament means save us. In the Old Testament, it means save us. Hosanna in the New Testament means salvation has come. I don't know where the, I don't know what your spiritual where, where you are in your spiritual walk. If you're in the Old Testament and you're crying out, just save me. Or maybe you're in the New Testament and you're and you're saying, I've been saved, my salvation has come. But I want to remind you today. our kids not get invited to that birthday party and we're ready to fight you know who you are I've seen your Facebook page but the Lord for a moment just turned his back while his son was bruised by our iniquities the chastisement of our was upon him. And he knew that by his stripes we would be healed. And for a moment, when all hope was lost, when it felt like everything was tied up, the third day came. And on the third day, everything that tied up had to be loosed. You say, hang on, Pastor, you save that for next week. It's told first service there and I we went we were taking a little trip this week and we were in a like a little museum of Billy Graham's and the man literally had about three messages. If I preached the same three messages, y'all would leave the church. You know you would. You'd get tired of it. This man, millions of people came because he preached salvation, heaven, and hell over and over and over and over and over and over. You can never preach too much about salvation or heaven or hell because heaven is real, hell is real, and you need salvation. Three people were saved this morning. You need it. Will you just take a moment and raise up
up your hands with me today. Lord, I'm praying, Lord, for those people that feel like something is tied up in the heavens. A vision, a dream, something, oh God, is tied up and it's getting frustrating, Lord. It's getting, they're waiting for the answer. They've been faithful with their giving. They've been faithful with their service. They've been faithful with their prayer life, faithful fasting, and faithful with their church attendance. And they are at the point, Lord, where it feels like that thing is out of reach and it's all tied up. But I'm declaring today that something is breaking loose in the heavens. I'm declaring it today. And you want to know one way you get things loose is by lifting up your voice. The devil can't stand it. Why? Because it makes it makes hell start.